hello, everybody. It's Ian Shuttleworth here at Williams Investment Management. And we're recording this podcast where we're still in the middle of the Ukrainian problems. And I've got with me today Robert Ash and Duncan Williams. Sadly, John Newsom can't join us today because he's too busy on his surfboard contemplating world markets. Good day to you, Robert. Good day to you, Duncan. And perhaps we might have a little word about Ukraine and how the stock market is reacting to the, the conflict there. Yeah, thanks, Ian. The stock markets have not really done an awful lot over the last uh, few weeks. I think they're just all watching what is going on in Ukraine, which is an ever-growing tragic situation. I think as time goes by, uh, it's becoming more and more apparent that Russia is being backed into a cul-de-sac and it's very difficult to see any way out uh, from here. Sanctions, I think, definitely seem to be having an effect. AB InBev, uh, which is uh, Anheuser-Busch, Budweiser, that has sold its joint venture today to its Turkish partner. So yet an- another example of a global brand pulling out of, of Russia by its own choice as a result of what uh, Mr. Putin has started. And if we were thinking of investing money at the present time with the Ukrainian conflict looking like a long, a longer term problem than we first thought, where should we be thinking about putting our money? We think that there is only one game in town, um, and that is quality growth, quality international growth, which is what we've said in the past. Those good quality businesses will shine through in the long run. Nestle came out with its uh, first quarter results yesterday. Nestle is a a first-class company, and the results were very good. Um, They are suffering from significant increases in raw material prices, but equally, uh, they are able to pass on those costs on the products which they sell. And that is a perfect example of a company with pricing power. If you've always eaten Kit Kats or drunk Nescafe, I don't think you're going to move on to Toberone um, simply because you've always eaten Kit Kat, even though they might be more expensive. People don't always realise that Nestle is the world's biggest food company, isn't it? That is true, I believe. Interestingly, they did very well from an increase in Korean pet food. Robert, what do you see happening with interest rates in the near to mid term? I think it's pretty obvious that interest rates are going to go up, but obviously you've got political considerations in that any government that hikes interest rates very rapidly um, probably won't get re-elected by the electorate. Um, so it's going to be drip, drip, up, up a quarter, up a half every so often until we manage to rein in, in inflation. Interesting comment there, Robert, given that the Bank of England and the government are supposed to be completely separate, but I do tend to agree with you. (laughs) We all know that's not true, don't we? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, last night, Jerome Powell, who heads up the uh, the Federal Reserve in the States, um, he said that interest rates there might go up by half a percent um, in one go. I can't help but think that interest rates in this country will be considerably higher. Whilst the consumer price index was 
over 7% for March. Um, the retail price index, which is the older version of inflation, hit 9%. And that doesn't include all of the energy increases which people experienced on the, the, first, of, the first of April. And in my case, my uh, gas bill, the therms, went up 82%. So you can't think, help but think the May figure is going to be ugly. Mm. Yeah, I mean, um, we're all long enough in the tooth to remember when interest rates, what, what, what did they go to? They, they hit about 15% overnight, didn't they? Yeah, that's right. They did, Robert. So, you know, this is something that we have experienced, but many, many people won't have done. So, you know, it's potentially very, very bad news for consumers generally. Yeah, and people who are invested incorrectly in nominal investments, uh, such as conventional gilts and bonds, especially at the longer end of the spectrum. I think it's quite interesting that we don't always fully grasp how far-reaching this conflict is, because the other day I went to look at some ceramic tiles and the, the lady said, well, we're having real problems because the Italians now only have their furnaces on one week in three because of the huge increase in fuel costs. And the second problem they've got is that they get all their clay from the Ukraine to make the, the tiles. So the, the tentacles of this will spread a long way, won't they? They will, and uh, that affects you in what you're wanting to do. But I think what, what is more concerning is that when you talk to farmers fertilizer costs have gone up threefold and the the farmers are already ordering their fertilizer for next year at those increases now by the time that they've fired up their tractor on the diesel which i believe they're not allowed to use red diesel anymore no such thing as red diesel you can see the direction of travel for food prices. And if you're importing your strawberries from Israel or your avocados from Mexico uh, on those aeroplanes, then it's going to go even higher. I mean, we all know about these lorries which are getting stuck at the Channel Tunnel, um, which are bringing fresh fruit from from Spain and Italy. It it is concerning. You can see where, where things are going. Duncan, we talk, we're talking there about fresh food coming in and we'll be bringing that food to our supermarkets. One of our supermarkets has created a problem for some of your clients, I dare say, in that they have been bought by an American syndicate, namely Morrison's, and therefore some of your clients will have capital gains tax issues to have been resolved, hopefully, before the 6th of April. And reading in the press recently, I see that the syndicate which bought Morrison's has now started to market some of the freehold properties, which they said they wouldn't sell. Now, this in due course is likely to have a knock on effect for the consumer, isn't it? Uh, Yes, absolutely. And I think that there's a precedence was set with um, with Debenhams. Uh, they did a similar thing when the business went into private equity. You 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 sell off the the jewels of the business. I think the other thing, which I think it's where capitalism has gone too far, and I fear for what's going to happen to the quality in some of these supermarkets, where you've got an owner who is 
wanting their pound of flesh of return for investing so much capital in them. Um, and I also fear for what's going to happen to, to prices um, within those um, businesses. I think private equity, in my experience, always wants that little bit extra back in order to fund the debt effectively, which it had to borrow. And you get, I don't, you, you get corners cut, let's say. Well, it, it buys a business, sells property, takes the lease back, and then starts to pay possibly an inflated rent. The bottom line for that is it gets passed on to the customer. And in terms of a business like Morrison's, uh, the type of customer they have are the least likely to want to pay more, aren't they? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, 25 years ago, M&S did a similar thing. It did a sale and lease back on its properties. I think it would be in a lot stronger position if it still owned its properties. That's a personal opinion. I might be wrong. It's not good for society. It's all right, people like Elon Musk producing an electric car, and that is great, uh, and the shareholders benefit, etc. But you've got a choice. You can either buy an electric car or you don't have to buy an electric car. But there are people who don't drive and are probably forced to go to Morrison stores for, for all their groceries. And it, it's where capitalism, in my opinion, um, is a little bit unfair on, on some of the consumers. Robert, we talked there about generating capital gains tax bills. How and when do you advise your clients about their tax liabilities for the tax year which has just ended? I personally look at tax positions throughout the tax year and I don't leave it until April the 3rd before I try and mitigate tax liabilities. I mean my my opinion about CGT is that actually you're lucky to be paying it. You've made sufficient gains greater than the £12,300 allowance Um, so you know man up and look happy when you pay it. Clearly you can do things like selling stock at a loss and then repurchasing it 30 days later but there's a cost to that there's a cost in terms of commissions on the sale and the purchase and there's potentially price might move the wrong way and you end up buying the stock back for more than you've sold it for as i say it's for me it's an ongoing problem that i i look at throughout the year and there's also the potential hit of some stamp duty isn't there depending on the type of investment correct correct yeah and how how does William Investment Management tell its clients after the tax year what their tax position is? Well, we send out our composite tax vouchers in. They are being sort of um, prepared as we speak and will be sent to clients from the first or second week in May onwards. So the benefit of a composite tax voucher is that the, the client is not turning up with his or her accountant with a shoebox full of individual tax vouchers for every dividend paid during that tax year. Correct. And the local accountants do complement us on our our composite tax vouchers. I think they detail the dividends and the capital gains tax position well, so it can easily be transposed onto clients' uh, tax returns. And generally, Duncan, is there anything you'd like to say about how you administer uh, clients' investments? For example, how quickly do you pay out when somebody has asked you and you have advised that it's appropriate for something to be sold? Yes, this week we've had a instructions to sell 
for a deceased estate. And the investments were all equity-based investments held within uh, the Crest accounts. And so the money arrives 48 hours later. So we can chaps the money on that day. So you can get the money within 48 hours. I'm always shocked at how long it takes people to get money out of investments. I think it's the beauty of holding stock market investments, be it equities, investment trusts, government stock, you can access it very easily. And if if your account is set up correctly, then either with a phone call or with an email or a letter, transactions can be executed immediately. I think that the issues arise typically with bond products where you have to fill in endless forms in order to make withdrawals. And that can delay payments, I've heard, up to six weeks. In fact, one of the national firms has had to pay compensation due to their incompetence this week um, by failing to follow instructions. Is it more difficult if clients hold individual American stocks, which I know you generally would not like to? Well, we hold the odd one. Um, I don't know the answer to that. I've got a feeling they might settle within 24 hours rather than 48 hours, but it's definitely not longer. Where you hold managed funds, you hold unitized funds, then it can take a week to get the money, five working days. But in general, it can be done quickly. And what's more is we sell the moment we get instruction, which is so important when the markets are as volatile as they are. You don't want to be giving instructions and finding out they've been executed two weeks later when something hideous has happened in the world. I often get asked about the timing of sales. And in fact, I've just had a, 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 I'm dealing with an estate at the moment where the executor has said, you know, we need to raise some funds to pay the IHT bill. Uh, do you think we should sell now or do you think we should sell in three weeks' time? And my advice is always, let's just get on with this because I'm not clever enough to know the short-term movements in the stock market. So Murphy's Law will always operate. So we just need to crack on and then we won't have to worry about it. This material shouldn't be considered as advice or an investment recommendation. You should consult an advisor regulated by the Financial Conduct Authority prior to making investment decisions. All investments carry a degree of risk. The value of any investment or income received from it can go up as well as down and you may not get back the amount invested. Information recorded within this podcast was accurate at the time of recording.